eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's the amazing Rico Bronia podcast with your host, Evan Roberts. We won the World Series. Can you freaking believe it? I got to tell you, I got to be honest with you, down 3 nothing early, I wasn't feeling good. I don't want to hear about what happened two nights earlier. I don't want to hear about game six. I don't want to hear about Bob Stanley crap in the bed and Calvin Chiraldi crap in the bed and Mookie Wilson. I don't want to hear about it. When you are down 3 nothing, and Bruce Hurst is basically Sandy effing Koufax, I was nervous. Welcome to Rico Bronia. Where we recreate, not recreate, we react to Game 7 of the 86 World Series, the first ever Rico Bronia rewatch. Uh, we eventually picked a game. We debated this for uh, many weeks. We, will it be a loss? Will it be a win? What game should we rewatch? And I got to tell you, I really enjoyed doing this. This was Game 7 of the 1986 World Series. And, and a part of why we brought it up, and I feel vindicated after watching it, was that it's a game in history that's forgotten about and it's unfair and it's wrong. We know first thing you learn as a young Met fan growing up, no matter your age is we won two world series, 1969, 1986. And we know the basics. Mets lost game. One of the Orioles came back and won four straight miracle Mets. The Orioles were like in the verge of basically being a dynasty and they beat them. And your lesson from 86 is mostly about Game 6. And look, I think we all acknowledge Game 6 of the 86 World Series, pound for pound, maybe the greatest game of all time. No one's disputing that. This is not about putting down Game 6. But when the Mets won Game 6, they evened up the World Series. They didn't win the World Series. They evened up the World Series. And the only thing I ever remember my dad telling me about Game 7, and I'm going to call him, he is full of shit. Okay. And I love my dad. My dad would tell me we were losing the game and we came back, but everybody knew we were going to come back. Now, my dad watched 
this rewatch with me. And I thought that was really cool because here's a guy who was at the game sitting in our season tickets. He was at game seven of the 86 World Series at every game during that postseason run. In fact, I think my dad has told me he's been at every postseason game since, I guess not 69, but 73, 86, 88, 99, 2000. The only postseason game he's ever missed was the Mike Sochi game, which is a different story for a different, that's a different rewatch. I'll leave it at that. But I sit down, I was in Florida uh, about a week ago, and I sit down with my dad. My sister's there. My wife's there. And I said, hey, dad, this is a perfect time to do the rewatch. I'm going to score the game. I actually did score it. Let's watch game seven of the 86 World Series. And we're going to go into all the details. But one thing my dad said with the very first thing that happened that I could not believe was I don't remember. So my dad told me. And the thing I'm referring to, and Hoff, you you watched the game successfully? You watched the whole thing? I did, and I just want to say that I watched it with my five-year-old. He watched the ending, and he was clapping that the Mets won the World Series. So maybe <laughs> may, maybe we could re- do that again so that he could become a Mets fan now. I feel there good about go. that. There you go. There you go. When the right field fence came crumbling down, <laughs> okay, my dad looks at me and says, I don't remember that happening. <laughs> and I'm like, what? They made a makeshift fence in right field and it came crumbling down. Like we all saw it. If you rewatch the game, they stopped the game for a couple of minutes. And I'm like, what the hell? And here's the craziest part about it. Okay. So if you want to say, ah, no, it makes sense that your dad forgot about it. It makes sense that maybe people who watched the game forgot about it. If I'm not mistaken, the next pitch Rich Gedman hit a home run on. So the makeshift wall falls down. Okay. It was after a foul ball by Rich Gedman. So Gedman, it's a foul ball. Remember Dwight Evans just hit the home run and put him up one, nothing. Gedman, it's a foul ball. There's a delay. There's a one, one count. Ron Darling is like putzing with himself on the mound waiting. Like, I guess we're going to restart. The game's delayed for a few minutes. Nothing crazy. And the next pitch he throws is a goddamn home run. Like, what? Yeah, that was a big deal. And it, it wasn't like three or four minutes. It was all, it was close to 10, I, I think. Right? Was it he, 10? Because Dolan's sitting there. He starts warming up his arm a little bit more, too. He's throwing some pitches. Because they're, they're picking the people and the wood off the ground. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, what? This is what I mean by rewatches and jests. <laughs> like, no one told me that story as a kid. No one said in the second inning of game seven of the world series, there's a makeshift area for dignitaries to, and I I don't even know if it was dignitaries down the right field line. And because it was so makeshift on a foul ball with people reaching over the whole thing crumbled. Like (laughs) what? Dude, that was when I saw that. I, I, and I, cause I, I watched it in two halves, but the first half I watched, it was like 11 o'clock at night. And I'm, I couldn't believe it. I thought I was drunk. I'm like, did this really happen? No one talked about this at all. This is one of those crazy things that happened in a World Series game of all time. It, it's crazy. And I thought it, what made it crazier is that he gave up a home run on the next pitch. So it wasn't just, hey, that's weird. The fence came down. If there was sports talk radio, we'd be saying that caused Darling to give up another home run, which was not. And I, I think it was the same home run. 
because the Red Sox had two home runs in this game. All right. Top of the first inning, Ronnie gets through trouble, gives up a two-out single to Bill Buckner. More on that in a second, because I thought that was an amazing moment, too. Mets go down one, two, three in the bottom of the first inning. Top of the second inning, Dwight Evans has this just incredible at-bat and finally hits a home run left center field into the picnic area. Gedman hits the second of the back-to-back after the fence falls down, and Strawberry makes a leaping attempt in right field. The ball is in his glove. And it falls out, which happened in Boston a few games earlier, too. But Darrell has the ball in his glove, and it plops out. So think about baseball. This is the greatest sport ever created. I'm sorry. It's just effing awesome. (laughs) Home run Dwight Evans on some insane at-bat. Fence falls down. We have a 10-minute delay. I believe you. Gedman, it's a ball to right on the next pitch. Straw's got it in his glove. It falls out, and it's 2-0. But here's the part. I love my dad. He would not lie to me, but he's full of it. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. He looks at me, he's watching the game. He's like, never thought we'd lose. I was like, you never thought we'd lose? It's like, that. it's 2-0. And then, by the way, five seconds later, it's 3-0 because Wade Boggs comes through with that huge two-run single. And I'm, I'm looking at him like, it's 3-0. Then we watch the bottom of the second. Bruce Hurst barely breaks a goddamn sweat, and the Mets are done. Then he has another one, two, three inning, and another one, two, three inning. And I'm looking over at my dad saying, are you serious? No, we were always going to win. We're always going to win? It's 3 nothing. It's the sixth inning, and Bruce Hurst looks like he's goddamn Sandy Koufax. Like, I was getting nervous watching the game, thinking, did everybody lie to me? Did the Red Sox really win this World Series? What the hell is happening? Like, I knew they had come back from three runs down. Like, I knew that. But when you watch it and you're in it, you start to think to yourself, when are they coming back? Like, how are they coming back? So I I really think that history can make you change your views on things. Like, you remember things incorrectly. I don't buy for a second that my dad and everybody else in that ballpark knew the Mets were going to win. I, I just, I find that tough to believe no matter what happened two nights early. I got to be honest, Ron Darling, and, and I love Ron, we all do, he did not have a great performance. If that was today, he might have got booed off the, the field at that second <laughs> inning, to be to be fair. And while Darling was pitching, it was like almost like they should have pulled the plug a little sooner maybe. Because you can't, in game seven, that he would have never been allowed to go that deep. I don't so, think so. It's a great question. So I was thinking about this watching this game. So Ron Darling gets through the first inning, and they hit the ball pretty hard off of him, too. So it wasn't like a dominant first inning. Second inning gives up the home run to Evans, like we talked about. Gives up the home run to Gedman, like we talked about. Walks Dave Henderson. All right, so here we are, three batters into the second inning. You mentioned it. It's a winner-take-all game seven. They're down 2 nothing. He's now put another guy on base. Gets a huge out of Spike Owen, gets him to pop up, right? 
Bruce Hurst immediately gets the bunt down. Beautiful, right? Runner on second. There's two outs. You got Wade Boggs coming up. It still felt early to pull him. So I wasn't like at that point saying, what are we doing? Get him out of the game. He gives up the base hit to Wade Boggs. At that point, I'm with, I'm warming up the freaking bullpen because now it's 3 nothing, and I got Marty Barrett, who they can't get out, coming up, and then I got Bill Buckner coming up, who's looking for revenge. Remember, we are 48 hours removed from Bill Buckner having a ball go through his legs to the point where in the top of the first inning, and Bill Buckner comes up, he's the third-place hitter, he got a standing ovation from Met fans, which, great. I love it. See, Red Sox fans... They learned that from us because we gave Bill Buckner a standing ovation before game six, uh, game seven, just like they gave Mariano Rivera a standing ovation before opening day 2005 after he blew some games. So they learned that from us. But Billy gets this standing ovation. And to Billy Buckner's credit, he came up and came through with a base hit. Now, it turned out to be an afterthought because it was a two-out single. Darling got Jim Rice out right after. So it turned out not to matter. But think about that. Here's Bill Buckner. He has been crucified because there was a rain out. So we got 48 hours between six and seven. He is being destroyed everywhere. Not on EEI because it doesn't exist. Not on the sports hub because it doesn't exist. Not on the fan because we don't exist yet. But I guess through newspaper writers, he's being destroyed. He gets a standing ovation from drunk Met fans and comes through <laughs> with a base hit. Like I got, I got to hand it to Billy Buckner who had another hit late in the game. Like, Billy Buckner sort of came to play in Game 7 of the World Series. He did. The one thing I did notice about Billy is that you could see how hurt he was. He was limping. He was limping yes. every time he was running. He just looked – I think his knee – he had bad knees, right? That, that was the big thing about Billy. Yep. Yep, and yep. You, could, you, could, you could definitely tell, and that was just – it was impressive. I, that was what I noticed, and the batting averages were so freaking high, except for his. Going into that game, going to game seven, Billy Buckner, Buckner was batting like under 200, but everyone else batting 350. I think Dave Henderson was what, like 400, close to yeah. it? Marty Barrett, who would have been the World Series MVP if the Red Sox won, was hitting the cover off the ball, no doubt. Yeah, I thought after Boggs got the hit that put him up 3 nothing, I got to start thinking about getting him out of the game. And he stuck with him. Marty Barrett laid down a bunt single. And then he gets Bill Buckner out, which was huge because off the bat, that Buckner ball with two on, two out, three nothing game, that could break the game wide open. And he hit the ball really well to center field, and Mookie made a nice running catch. And obviously, the Met bats are doing nothing. In the third inning, he gives up a leadoff hit to Jim Rice. And then, how about this one? And I thought this was huge. Kevin Mitchell throws him out at second. So Jim Rice is trying to turn a single into a double. And all I could think about on that bang-bang play was if there's replay, they could overturn this. They could overturn it. Now, we're not getting the same great replay views that we get today, but I got to tell you, it looked like Jim Rice got his leg in. And it was close enough where when you look at the glove going down to tag him in this day and age, I don't know, man. I think there's a 50-50 shot they overturned that crap. But the umpire was in such a great position as he fell over <laughs> as he was making the call. That to me was – he couldn't – I think even Scully said it too. He couldn't have been in a better spot. Literally was right there. I noticed that a bunch of times where I was like, I think um, 
there was a there's a play that Backman ended up throwing somebody out at second base. I'm like that could have been that was close. Did he get his get his get his hand in on time? There was a ton of plays. I questioned the strike zone, and I was questioning whether or not we would have changed the overturn the call on instant replay. 